Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Philip told True Man Card, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. We are uh, part of the CIA, Catholics in Action. Ah, you thought I was going to say the corrupt CIA. No, we're part of the real CIA, Catholics in Action. By the way, we want to give kudos and we want to talk today about what a bunch of young Catholics did over in Boston. Not only young, but mostly young, mostly young, which which, this is a good sign. I mean, there's people. Mm -hmm. But most of the people that were there at the Boston, Massachusetts, uh, prayer rally of reparation against the temple of Satan that was having a conference and they were hexing the city and cursing the city. In fact, the conference at the Satanists, uh, their theme of their conference was a weekend of blasphemy, blasphemy against who our Lord and our lady. That's who they blaspheme. So we had about uh, 200 Catholics out there. There was Protestants out there. They had their own little groups as well, <clears throat> but they were out there. It was like a Jericho March. They had our lady of Fatima statue. They're praying the mm-hmm. rosary. They're orderly. They're uniform. They're praying in faith. Uh, nice. They're praying prayers of reparation. We're going to show you the video, and it, it's going to make you proud to be Catholic. In fact, I was told by a lot of the people that were there that Protestants were coming up to them and joining them in their prayers, saying, we're not Catholic, but you guys are orderly. You guys have structure. You guys are all doing the same thing. You guys you guys look uh, like 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 you guys have done this before where the Protestants were just kind of like in different p- spots of the plaza with bullhorns shouting Bible verses, which I'm glad they were there, but they did notice that the Catholics looked like a Jericho march. So Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip that me and Paul wants? We have we have a lot of comments to make about this. The Satanic Temple is holding a public weekend of blasphemy at the Boston Marriott Hotel. This public sin calls for public reparation. We cannot remain silent about this deliberate attack against God, the Catholic Church, America, and the family. So where are you from? We're from Connecticut, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Lionville, Pennsylvania. Ocala, Florida. State of Maine. Franksville, Wisconsin. I grew up north of Boston, but I now live on Cape Cod. And what brought you here? Uh, Act of reparation against this horrible, blasphemous, uh, satanic conference that's going on here. We can't stand by idly while something like that happens. We have to pray the rosary for reparation for the sins of what's going on across the street. We knew it was our duty to come over here and fight. Uh, In a time like this, even if you're intimidated, or if you're scared, uh, bravery needs to step in because uh, we need to support Our Lady. Well, we're looking to make public reparation for this manifestation of Satanism. We, uh, we don't want to see Satan anywhere. We love our Holy Mother and we've come here to do reparation for this outrage. Pray against the Satanic Conference, which should not be happening and to uh, give some resistance. Doing reparations again, what's going on in that hotel with Satan and everything, we need to do everything we can to battle it. So what happened with that Satanist over there? 
Well, he decided to try to say that we are fooled and we don't believe in, that by believing in the Bible or even in God, that we're wrong and we're just being fooled. And so I tried to explain to him that he's the one that's being fooled, that God is true and Satan is true, and that he needs to realize that he's on the wrong side. And that I'm even praying for his soul to see the light one day. Would it be better just to ignore Satanism? No, that's why we're in the situation we're in now, because people have been ignoring instead of fighting. Jesus didn't. Jesus went out into the desert. He battled Satan. I mean, that wasn't a temptation of Christ. He just went out there and whooped him. No, we're supposed to follow Jesus Christ. We're supposed to do exactly what he did and imitate him. Uh, no, absolutely not. A lot of people think that they're just playing a role, but we got to understand the truth. So they believe that God is real. That's why they try to steal consecrated hosts. So if a Satanist believes in our faith more than we do, then we have a problem. So we need to definitely stand up and make Satanism uh, a thing of the past. Ignoring Satanism is not going to make it go away. Where a lot of people that I've talked to locally didn't even know that this was happening here. Catholics or non-Catholics, they weren't aware. No, that's how Satanism just continues and um, gains momentum is if we just sit back and don't do anything and don't confront it that's what it needs to be it's it's, it's a battle would it be better just to ignore Satanism no because then he, he touches innocent minds and we need to show innocent minds that there's something other than that that God's here for us And Genesis 3.15 talks about Our Lady crushing the head of the serpent. So what is the role of the Blessed Mother in this fight? Oh, she is here helping us crush Satan without a doubt. The serpent, I would say, would be across the street. If Our Lady is stepping on the serpent, what are we doing? So we should be right behind her and support her. So absolutely, she gives us the courage uh, to come out here and help her crush the serpent's head. I know she's our Holy Mother. She's our General. She's definitely the one who's going to lead us defeat Satanism and crush the head of the serpent. Her mission is to crush the head of Satan. She brought our Lord in, our Savior, and she said, in the end, my Immaculate Heart would triumph at Fatima. And we know from, from Scripture that she, her role is to crush the head of Satan, his proud head. More than 59,000 faithful already signed the TFP protest against the satanic event, which is billed as the largest in history. As you can see, TFP Student Action Volunteers are on the public sidewalk in Boston right now. We are praying the rosary, the best spiritual weapon to defeat the father of lies. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. rally of reparation will extend from Friday through Sunday. One nation under God excludes even the shadow of Satan. Let us ask Our Lady 
Queen of Angels, to protect our beloved nation. Wherever you are, please join us in prayer. Together with St. Michael the Archangel, we cry. Paul, as I looked at my heart, just it just swells with pride. And I'm not talking about sinful pride. It makes me proud to be Catholic, to see these Catholics on the East Coast without the backing of their bishops. Mm. In fact, the bishops put out a letter. Uh, don't go out there. Don't go out there. Forget about it. Just stay home or go to the church and pray. Go to the church and pray. That's a good thing. Go to the church and pray. I, I, I'm, I'm down with that. But you need both, Paul. It's a two-front war. You need Catholics in front of the Satanists showing them we oppose you to your face like Paul opposed Peter. And then we also yes. need Catholics praying inside churches, so it's a two-front battle. Uh, think about this. At the Battle of Jericho, you think God would have torn down the walls of Jericho if uh, Joshua and Caleb and the rest would have just say, well, we're just going to pray from home. Okay, Lord, and then maybe no. you can take care of it. We'll stay home and pray. Maybe you can tear down the, the the walls of Jericho and conquer the city for us. No, it takes boots on the ground. Yeah, sounds like uh, sounds like the the incident that you had out there in Scottsdale. When Same the thing happened came out here. there. Same thing happened. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. go ahead. Where the, what where, the, yeah. where, all, where all the priests were given the order just to to stand down. Yeah. Don't and, go out. Uh, there. Don't go out. Yeah. There. And last I, I remember when they marched around Jericho, it was the priests that were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Six you know, so, so they were out there as foot soldiers with the, with, with, with the, the troops. Yeah. Ah, you just, and, yeah, and, thanks for reminding me of that. It was priests carrying yeah. the Ark. It wasn't lay people. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because there's certain things that God has called He's given us each a lane. And when we're talking about battling Satanism and these, you know, a lot, you know, yeah, there's a lot of secular people, you know, they don't believe in anything. And so they're like, oh, it's just a bunch of hogwash. But we know these things to be a reality. And so <clears throat> there are spiritual dark forces of reality that require spiritual remedies. Yes. And God has uniquely gifted and empowered bishops in particular yes. to take charge of the areas that God has given them. And when they don't do that, Jess, uh, uh, there's a scripture that I love. And it says, when the righteous rule, uh, uh, the people rejoice. And, you know, and likewise, when, you know, if the righteous fail to, to, to respond to what God has called them to do, then the people suffer. And that's what's happening to lay Catholics. See, imagine, can you go out, Paul, you're out there, you're waiting, where's my bishop, where are the priests? And you're looking yeah. around. It's just like Dan Schneider always tells me, being in Iraq, and uh, some of you guys get killed, and the the lieutenant says, "Hey guys, nobody's coming. It's just us." Yes, that's what that's a right lonely now. feeling. Yeah, that's a lonely feeling. Yeah. Uh, but yet, if you have one inspirational leader out there, Jess, you can change the tide of uh, of events in a in, in a battle. Hold that if thought. Hold person... that thought. Jesus 911 coming up to a hard break. We'll continue talking. Two man car. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911.
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Paul, I'll tell you uh, another reason why it was important for Lake Catholics to go out there. That was a great analogy of, again, the Jericho March, the priest carried the, the Ark of the Covenant. Those Lake Catholics, did you see how or, orderly they were? They didn't, embar- yes. they didn't embarrass the church. They weren't nope. dropping F-bombs, saying F-words. They weren't. They, they had rosaries in their hand. In fact, many of them had shirts and ties, Paul. They, mm-hmm. were, they were singing and praying in Latin in public. Yes. They held, yes, they, yes. They held signs that were factual, like Satan has no rights and Mary crushes the head of the devil. Uh, you know, but, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, just which tells us both that they're well-formed Catholics. Yes, they that are. they understand what their purpose is. They understand what weapons are available to them to combat evil. Uh, you heard over and over again people say this is a public reparation. You know, see, we accept responsibility for what's going on out there through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. You know, uh, may God pour his grace into us and give us the grace to go out and, uh, you know, accomplish his will. Um, You know, um, uh, you know, you heard a lot of, you know, calls that, you know, yes, we're, you know, our lady's crushing the head and we're behind her. No, Jess, we're not behind her. We're in front of Our Lady because we protect our Queen, Amen. because we we willingly give our lives for our for for the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and our Queen. And uh, they ins- uh, she inspires us. She prays for us that God would pour His grace into our lives and empower us to have the victory. And whatever in whatever way that victory comes, His will be done. And I'll tell you something else, Paul, just to show you that the people were out there and they had the right motive, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Notice they were saying prayers of reparation, prayers of reparation. Yes, yes. For a lot of Catholics, you know, maybe maybe low information or low-hanging fruit Catholics, they're like, what are they talking about? What do you mean prayers of reparation? (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's basically the Colossians 124 principle. Where, where, where St. Paul says that he fills he fills up those things that are lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the mm-hmm. sake of the church. Reparation prayers, you can also think of them as prayers of love, because we love Jesus and Mary, and they're being offended through these blasphemers, and so we're praying. Number one, we want to console the hearts of our Lord and our Lady. Yes. Also, yes. also, what we want to do prayers of reparation theologically are. As we want to repair the damage because when Satanists are publicly hexing and cursing and casting spells and incantations and speaking blasphemy, there's spiritual damage that's being done to those that hear because words mean things. As Rush Limbaugh, rest in peace, his words mean things. Yes. Words are projected into the cosmos. They rise up in the air like incense, like this, you know. And so prayers of reparation it helps repair the spiritual damage to undo the spiritual damage being done by the toxic words that they're projecting into the cosmos, into people's ears. And, and how do we repair the damage? Well, we, we repair the damage by praying to offset, uh, to, 
to basically cancel out, obliterate, because our prayers as Catholics are much more powerful than their curses. Our prayers are the sweet aroma of Christ, as St. Paul says. And to show you an example of prayer, the prayer of faith versus the prayer that's not said by faith, look at old medieval pictures that go back a thousand years of, of, of uh, Abel and Cain. When Abel prayed, you look at any medieval picture that's been around for over a thousand years, you'll see that Abel's, his, his sacrifice, the smoke rose to heaven. It was pure smoke that rose to heaven. That's Psalm 144, verse 1. And, mm-hmm. and Cain's sacrifice, because he was unrighteous, he was wicked, what happened to his sacrifice? It was black smoke and pictures depicted as going down into the ground to hell. So mm. the Satanists... Their, their hexes and curses and spells, that's black smoke that they're casting mm-hmm. into the cosmos, into the public square, into society, into people's yes. ears. Yes. And that's what that's what reparation prayers are. Our prayers yeah. are white smoke going into the air, and our white smoke obliterates their, their, their black smoke. That's the theology of reparation prayer. That's what we have to be out there when the Satanists go yes. in public. Yes, the the light came into the world and the darkness could not overcome it. Amen. That, yes. Bingo. You yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Jess, uh, you mentioned uh, words matter and you quoted Rush Limbaugh. Well, absolutely. Sacred scripture tells us as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So imagine that he thinks in his heart, but then scripture tells us out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks Hmm. you see so so there's a connection between our being and who we are and what we say what we project out there and um clearly um this is why the bible tells us to capture every thought to to be holy why because god knows that as we present ourselves a living and holy sacrifice acceptable unto god we call that in the catholic church living in a state of grace, we become formidable weapons. We become finely tuned, honed down instruments in order to uh, be used by God to slay the wicked. And when I say slay the wicked, I'm talking about the principalities, all those things out there that, uh, you know, God has given us his Holy Spirit to do what? to go out and accomplish the mission that he gave us, which the number one mission of the church is to make disciples of men, to save souls. Jesus said, I came to save that which was lost. And uh, and by extension, we in the mystical body of Christ, we cannot allow the enemy to come in and usurp uh what is rightfully ours, what Christ has merited for us. Paul, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question and and, uh, your question, your answer will be directed to Cardinal Sean O'Malley, the Cardinal from Boston, Massachusetts. Here's the question. Uh, uh, In 2020, Cardinal Sean O'Malley told Catholics to go out there and he said, go protest alongside black lives matter for, he said, for the murder of George Floyd. These are his words. So he was asking Catholics to go out there and protest along with Black Lives Matter. Fast forward three years now, 
The temple of Satan goes to his diocese. They're doing a, a weekend conference to consecrate the city to Satan. And he tells Catholics to stand down, stay home, pray at home. Don't go out there. Uh, go to the church and pray. Don't go out there. So which Cardinal O'Malley, you're a black Catholic, Paul. Which Cardinal O'Malley do you listen to? The Cardinal O'Malley that says, go pray with Black Lives Matter, which is a Marxist organization started by three female witches who are lesbians. Or do you listen to the Cardinal Sean O'Malley, Paul, you're a black Catholic, that says, don't go out and pray. The temple of Satan is coming over there. Last time I checked, the Bible says that the devil is a murderer, a liar, and 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 he, and he comes to steal. He, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the enemy of the church. So, mm. which Cardinal O'Malley would you listen to, Paul? As a Black Catholic American, go out there. And, hey, he, Cardinal said, "I'm going to go pray with these uh, guys from BLM. I'm going to go out there, and I'm, I'm down with this. I'm down with the cause." Or and I'm going to. Yeah. But the, temp, the Temple of Saints come, and I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay home and watch Gilligan's Island reruns. What? Uh, what would you? Yeah. <laughs> well, Jess, uh, you know. Given the two choices that you just gave, I would listen to no Cardinal O'Malley in that. And so a lot of and a lot of people would be a little bit shocked at that because you're a Catholic. Aren't you supposed to be obedient? No, God, we're first and foremost, we're to be obedient to God. Yes. And as you rightfully point out over and over again, Jess, the successors of the apostles and we respect their office yep. mightily and we understand, you know. But see, they're accountable to God uh, that, they're, you know, what they do is be is between God uh, and them. But the reality of the situation is, is the successors of the apostles are supposed to faithfully uh, hand on that which has been given to them. That is the traditional faith. Yes. And 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 that faith uh, and I'm talking tradition with a capital T, that faith is the the one uh the positive faith and 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 when that doesn't happen uh we call it simple uh, disobedience it, it would be like if you had a father that was uh molesting his children should the children obey the father no the father is uh is you know is doing something horrible and so the command that children should honor their father and mother and obey their parents does not apply when the parents fail to, uh, to to be obedient and do what God has called them to do. Yeah, in other words, Paul, so, we don't give blind obedience to anybody except God. Only yes. only God deserves blind yes. obedience because God is faithful and true. But every man, yes. we obey every man, my dad included. You yes. know, my kids obey me. Yes. In so far. As I'm leading them to a life of virtue, holiness, and obedience. Oh, to gospel. preach it, brother! Yeah, for for example, let me give you an example. Yes. There's a young man that called me a few weeks ago. He said, "Dad, uh, Jesse, I hear you on radio all the time. I'm eight, I just turned 18. My dad, uh, you know, me and my mom are really on on fire Catholics. Our dad is kind of checked out. He doesn't go to mass. And my dad said, "Hey, son, you're 18. Are you a virgin? Yeah, Dad, I'm a virgin. He says, okay, I'm going to take you to Hollywood. I'm going to buy you a couple of hookers. No son of mine's going to be a virgin after 18. He goes, Dad, I'm not I'm not going with you, Dad. I'm not going with you. What? What? I'm, you're, Dad, I'm not going with you. I'm 18. Okay, I'm a, I'm a young man now. I can make up my own mind. I'm not going with you. And yes, I am a virgin. And so 
This young man called me up and had a phone call, Paul. He opposed his natural biological father to his face. Did he do the right thing? Yes, of course. Acts 5.29, I would rather obey God than man. If you're, even if your yes. earthly father is telling you to do yes. something. I'll give you an example. Anita and me have been married for almost 40 years. We were married by a priest who was the biggest serial predator in the Los Angeles diocese, Father George Miller. He's dead now. This guy was a mass rapist of children. We found out later on, 20 years later, thanks be to God, it goes to show you that the sacrament still takes because Anita and me are still married after 40 years. And we were married by the worst Catholic priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. He raped 40 kids. We found out later. He died in prison. I think he did. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, well, so, Jess, you're a te- you're you're a testimony to what God can do. You and Anita, you see, even though you had this man in his own personal sin, the power of the sacrament, like you said, that's the point I'm making. Yeah, there. Yeah, go ahead, Jess. Yep. Let me let point. me let you finish. Yeah, no, no. I hear the music. I hear the music. Jesus, nine one one, two man car. Paul, I want to ask you a question. If you were out there, a couple of Protestants came up to you. Why are you guys praying to Mary? You've been there before. I want you to. You're going to be the spokesman. What would you tell Catholics to say? Jesus 911, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hard break. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. Jesus 911, Soul Patrol, two man car. Uh, we're talking about these, this, these uh, amazing Catholics that uh, went out there over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with the rosaries in their hand, with Jesus in their heart, in a state of grace, uh, also exercising their civic duties as Americans based on the Constitution, the right to free speech, the right to peaceably assemble. They were orderly. Uh, they had notified the police department that they were going to be there. Uh, I'm proud of these guys, Paul. When, when I watched these videos, they were there praying the rosary in Latin. Uh, they had bagpipes. A lot of them had suits and ties. They weren't out there, you know, burning police stations, jumping on police cars, uh, destroying courthouses, you know, r- ripping off Target and Walmart. Our reparation, Paul, we understand that our reparation... We want to repair the damage that people are doing against our Lord and our Lady, and we we mm. and so we do that by offering our prayers as a form of paying a debt of justice for all the blasphemies being done. But the the woke mm-hmm. left, the woke left their their form of reparation is hey you did this to my ancestors give me money give me money I don't want to work give me money that's not reparation that's yeah. entitlement that's entitlement. Mm. St. Paul, yes. Paul says those who don't work shouldn't eat. Dude, get off the couch, put the Coke away, quit watching the pornography, and go get a job. Paul, I've got a question for you. You're out there. You see a couple of Protestants. A couple of Protestants came up to these guys. They, they told me, what are you guys praying to Mary? You, you, idolatry, idolatry. They just, uh, you know, just kind of dismissed them. They just kept on doing what they're doing. They kept on, you know, pressing forward. So if you can take a Protestant leader to the side, says, what are you guys doing? What's this in public where the statue of Mary praying, praying to the, the rosary? What are you doing? This, this, is, this is idolatry. Paul, what would you say real quick to a Protestant on the sidewalk? Yeah, obviously, Jess, um, 
you're talking about uh, fundamentalists or uh, evangelical Protestants who don't embrace, you know, they, they, they begin from, a, from a, a wrong idea. They don't embrace the idea of the, uh, uh, the communion of saints. And you see, to the Protestant, when you say, uh, well, we, when they say, well, you guys pray to saints, in their mind, it automatically registers as they're, you know, they're, they're worshiping the saints because for them, they only pray to God. And for them, they equate prayer with worship. And that is so not the case, nor does the Catholic Church teach that. So when you can explain that to them, that, that really the word pray them in the most in, in the most basic understanding means it means to ask to ask. <laughs> yeah, to simply ask. And so so the idea is they would have no problem with asking me to pray for them or asking you to pray for them, particularly if there was a, a real need, you know, in their family. You know, Protestants will pick up the phone and get on the prayer line and, and hey, we're going to put you on the list and we're, we're all praying for you. We're all pulling for you. Well, the Catholics take that to another level when we understand that the, the communion of saints, you know, the church exists basically in three realms, as you know, church militant, which is this battle that we're fighting right now, uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Church suffering is purgatory where where um, uh, reparation is being made <laughs> and mm -hmm. church triumphant. Yeah. But we, so we understand that, you know, so there's those three, um, you know, aspects of the church going on there and that we're never separated from Christ and we can, we're always connected because why? The Bible says we are all members of his body, the mystical body of Christ. So the only question a Protestant should really have is, well, how do you know the saints can hear you? And my answer to them would be, um, it has not yet been revealed as to what we shall be, sacred scripture says, but we know this. What do we know? That we shall be like him. Everything that we receive is Christ. Even the good works that we do are works that were prepared beforehand by God that we should walk in them. And so every ability that we have, everything that we receive is from God. And the last I checked, Jess, sacred scripture says, is anything too difficult for the Lord? And it makes sense, Jess, mm. uh, this idea. If you ask a Protestant, well, what are, what are Christians up there doing in heaven? Well, they're on clouds playing harps, just relaxing and enjoying the seat. No. <laughs> no, we are members of the mystical body of Christ. We are connected to Christ. We are burdened for the ministry of Christ. And uh, trust me, even you, you see the, the image in, in Revelation where the martyrs, you know, say, how long, Lord, before we're avenged? They're very, the saints in heaven are very concerned about what we, what's going on down here on earth. And Catholics are, uh, like we, like we always point out represent the fullness of the faith. And the churches believe that for 2,000 years. Um, Protestants have only been around for 500 years. To quote the great um, John Henry Newman, to go deep into history is to cease to be Protestant. Mm, good stuff. Paul, there's also, yeah. there's also another verse that Catholics are very familiar with. And, and Protestants, and I'm going to go deeper with this verse. It's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. We've heard this verse. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not yes. prevail against it. Okay. Yes. Let me, let me do a, Love that let me do a deep dive on this verse. Okay. 
Now, okay. when we read this verse, we usually think that the Lord is promising that the church, which is his body, it's going to withstand all the attacks launched against us. And of course, that's true, but there's more to it. If you think mm-hmm. about it carefully, when we realize that in a battle, gates don't run out into a battle to attack anybody. Gates don't attack. Gates are, are defend a city. Gates stand still and they defend the enemy from attacking it. So when the Lord said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, who's doing the attacking? It's the church storming the gates of hell. The church, all of God's people in Christ, this verse indicates that we're called to take the offensive. We're called to take the offensive and run into enemy territory and to gain ground for Jesus and to rip off the gates of hell. And we don't, yes. wait for, we don't wait for an invitation from a cardinal or a bishop. We already have a command from our Lord Jesus Christ and the Great Commission. Yes. And so this is why, as Catholics, we, we go into the breach as Ezekiel We have says. a duty. Yes. yes, yes, we have a duty. Man. And so the, the point is that the gates of hell, it, 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 we're called to storm the gates of hell and rip off the gates of hell and claim and conquer everything as they say, take up space for Jesus. Remember, gates are a defensive weapon. And so these gates are defending hell. We're supposed to storm the gates, and we've been commissioned to do so by the sacrament of confirmation. We are now soldiers of Jesus Christ. That's why what those 200 lay Catholics plus did out there this weekend. They were doing exactly what Matthew 16, 18 says to do. Storm the gates of hell because we're soldiers of Christ. Yes, Jesse, that was beautiful. Beautifully put, Jess. Listen, that is exactly right. Christ sent us out into the world. You know, uh, uh, when he asked Isaiah, who will I send? Who will go for me? Isaiah said, send me, Lord. Lord, send me. This is the response of every Christian soldier. Uh, you know, there's a there's a mission at hand. We must go out and we must conquer. Who will go? Kind of reminds me of the Crusades, Jess. Who's going to go? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That's And we're at a time right mm-hmm. now where we need volunteers just to step up right now. Now, yes. think about this. If, if Jesus Christ, the God-man, 100% God, 100% man, our Lord and Savior, Whatever he did is worthy of imitation. And I'm going to take the Muslim mind. Muslims, when you talk to a Muslim, they'll say, for us, Muhammad is a perfect man. So whatever Muhammad did, uh, we're called to do likewise because he's the perfect man. Okay, so I would disagree with them. Muhammad is a flawed man. He's not the perfect man at all. I'm, I'm sure he's probably in hell. Jesus is the perfect man. So I'm going to agree with the Muslims insofar as, yes, if you find a perfect man, we're called to imitate him as best we can in, 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 their, in their life of virtue. So Christ is the perfect man. He's the God man. Guess what he did 27 times in the New Testament? He drove out demons. Guess what the Bible says in 1 John 3, 8 he did? Quote, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Close quote. So if God, Jesus Christ, is the perfect man, and he is, and he came to destroy the works of the devil, and he did, well, 
Then lay Catholics, we have a divine mandate to confront the lies and the deception of the temple of Satan. And we as as Catholic Christians, we must do likewise. We must go out there and proclaim the fullness of truth because they deserve to hear the truth. Who knows, Paul? Yes. You could there was a very famous convert to the Catholic faith who was this high-level Satan. It's called Blessed Bartolo Longo, back like about 500 years ago. Uh there could be Bartolo Longo's in there, and our prayers through the rosary, our witness carrying signs. That could trigger something, the prick of conscience, illumination of conscience. They could say, what am I yes. doing here? And they could be attracted yes. to what Catholics are doing, and they could be yes. the next blessed Bartolo Longo, Satanist to Catholic. Yes, Jess. Uh, you know, uh, I like the way you're rallying the troops, Jess, because that's exactly what it takes. It takes courage, virtuous courage. It takes uh uh, you need to know the word of God. You know what sacred scripture says, Just Put on the full armor of God. So we're so if we're in a battle, we need to utilize the tools that God has gave us. You know, he's given, you know, uh, the, you know, um, uh, the helmet of salvation, you know, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, uh, you know, uh, the shoes of peace, the peace of the gospel. You know, this is what. The, the weapons that God has given us, and we're, uh, you know, we're commanded by God to, to 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 know these things. David said, "Thy word have I hidden in my heart, so that I might not sin against thee." We're called to be holy, just to present ourselves as holy. Why? So that, like you said, we can emulate Christ uh, uh, better and be more usable by God. And yes, of course, we're not perfect, but God is. And when we unite our sacrifices to the to the to the the one time sacrifice of Christ in the Holy Mass, hold, when hold we that unite thought. our hold that thought, yeah. hard break. We'll be right back. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Jesus nine one one. Now, back to Jesus nine one one. If this call is not an emergency, dial eight eight eight. Five two six two one five one. Soul Patrol Jesus nine one one. Saint Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter six, verse ten to nineteen about about spiritual warfare, Christian warfare, and the war that we're fighting. And he's not talking about Vietnam, Korea. He's not talking about Afghanistan. The spiritual battle is in the world at large that we can't see. They're unseen forces. We call them demons, fallen angels. And we're fighting as Catholic Christians. We have the we have the good angels on our side. We're on Team Jesus. We have Our Lady on our side. But we're fighting for the hearts and souls and minds of Catholic men. And uh, a Catholic doesn't go to battle by himself. Our Lord even sent out the disciples two by two. Don't, don't think that, oh, I could do this by myself. No, you can't. Rambo was just a movie. That's not real. <laughs> the, the reality of, of, of war... And spiritual warfare is that you have to align yourself with like-minded people with common interests, and you got to choose people that are walking in the same direction where you're walking. It reminds me of the prophet Amos. He says, "Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so?" Of course not. This is why, for example, I've had a 30-year relationship with Paul Clay. We live in different parts of the country, different lives. You know, uh, we've we, we've we met for a time. 
and then we just went off. The God took us to different places, but we've kept to, together and in contact. Why? Because we're, we're part of Team Jesus. Uh, you know, we, we walk together because we agree to do so, as it says in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. And so one of the things as Catholic men, I want to tell you, don't try to live the Christian life by yourself. you got to connect with a bunch of men. Make sure yes, you connect iron. weekly with a bunch of men. There's a yes. lot of Catholic men's groups out there here, like over here where I'm here. I'm here at uh, uh, headquarters Catholic Resource Center. You got a great men's group right here in this little chapel here. Uh, it's called uh, the the Shield of Saint Michael or Saint Michael's Shield. You got uh, the Brotherhood of Saint Dismas. You got Catholic Men's Fellowship. Uh, make your own group uh, uh, out there. Yeah. At, out there at, in, in my parish, we call ourselves the guys that sh- get together on Wednesdays, fifty or sixty guys. We call ourselves MMA, Mother Mary's Army. Get mm. together with Catholic men, bond together, build each other, yes. pray the rosary when you get together, open the word of God, have somebody give a teaching, share a witness, uh, close off close off the, 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 your time together, praying for your, for your families, for your wives, your kids. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. That's just, just, this is exactly why uh, Sacred Scripture tells us that God has given each a different spiritual gift. Why? Uh, you know, as when we receive confirmation, we get the gifts, the sevenfold gifts of the Spirit. Why? S- to build one another up in the faith. And we li- we're living in a time now where these things aren't going to come to you. You have to go to them. You have to take the initiative. Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. See, uh, don't sit back and say, just kind of the lone ranger out here and and you know i really don't see anything happening go find it yeah you know you see everything that's going on on social media if you're listening to us you already know you're you're tuned into to what's going on now find something locally and 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 get together because iron sharpens iron this is how we 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 stay ready we have to we have to be ready to, what's yeah. the saying jess uh, we have to stay uh, uh, if, unless you stay uh, it, uh, Russ Rubens Navas saying, "Come on, Richard, yeah. help us! Come on, if, help uh, us with Ruben. Ruben, help us! Uh, yeah, uh, if you, if you, oh, here it is. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. If you stay you ready, and, uh, that is so spot on. In other words, Ruben's Ruben's my man. Yeah, Ruben's my man. If you stay in a state <laughs> of grace and you're 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 churched up and 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 prayed up, then you don't have to get ready." Like, you know, you get hit by a drunk driver and you're dying in yes. total sin. So what? If you get hit by a drunk driver T-boned, if you're, if you're already ready, prepared in a state of grace, oh, well, you got T-boned by a drunk driver, you're dying, you're on your way to heaven. And so, yes. Shout out, shout out to Ruben Nava. We miss you, Ruben. And uh, come on back as a guest on the show. <laughs> well, I want to share just the good news in a couple of minutes, and I want you to chime in as well. So... People say, okay, so what's the good news, guys? I'm going to tell you what the good news is. The good, well, the bad news is that every one of us is going to die, okay? Two people die a second are on planet Earth. Every second, 1,001, 1,002. Two people die every, every well, actually 1.8 every second. That's two people. Every one of us is going to die. We know that. And we're born into a fallen world destined for damnation. And so mm-hmm. God knew that we need a savior. We don't need more scientists. We don't need more politicians. We don't need more educators. We don't need more entertainers. We don't need more athletes. We need a savior. And God Amen. the Father knew exactly that. 
And God the Father sent the world a Savior, His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And this means, Praise Jesus. And because of that, this means that we don't have to have for, we don't have to suffer an eternity without God because God Himself has provided Himself as the Savior. He became a man. And so the good news is that God became a man. We call that the incarnation. He came yes, from heaven. He, kinsman redeemer. He injected himself into human space and history and time. And he opened up an, emer an emergency hatch, an emergency escape hatch for us. It's called Calvary. We have yes. a way out of eternal damnation. We have a savior who can bring us salvation. Nobody else can. And those who abide in him, abide in him, those will be saved. Those that don't abide in him are going to be damned. That's what the Bible says. And so the heart of the good news is that salvation can be had by everybody. Jesus mm. objectively died for the sins of every human being on planet earth. Everybody, Preach it, brother. Everybody's been redeemed by what Christ yes. did on Calvary by his shed blood, but not everybody's saved. There's a difference. Yes. What is redemption? Redemption means in Hebrew and Greek, the, the, the doors to your prison cell have been opened up. They've been blown open like in like we saw in, in, in the book of Acts uh, when Peter and uh, when Paul and Silas were preaching, uh, praising God in prison. Boom, the doors blew open and all the prisoners were set free. That's mm -hmm. what's called redemption. Now, yes. what is salvation? Here it is. You're in that jail cell on death row. Jesus died for our sins. Those jail cell doors were blown open by his act on Calvary, his shed blood. The jail, now you're in that jail cell. You could walk out a free man and say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. That's mm -hmm. salvation. You mm -hmm. walk out of that jail cell and you take Jesus by the hand and you get on your knees, say, Lord, I'm going to hold your hand and never let go. I'm going to follow you. That's salvation. Mm -hmm. Or you can stay in your prison cell with the doors open in a fetal position, crying in the corner, not wanting to get out. Salvation mm. requires your cooperation. Jesus, mm. Christ, Jesus Christ bench pressed the sins of the world on Calvary. Jesus mm. Christ did his part. And he's giving yep. you his spirit now. You just got to stand up from that jail cell, get out yep. of that fetal position and walk out and hold him by the yep. hand and say, give me that sanctifying grace. I want to become holy. And Jesus Christ will walk with you throughout the course of this life called yes. the Valley of Tears. Yeah. Though yep. I walk in the Valley of Tears, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Paul, comment. Tag. Tag. Here I come, brother. Listen, uh, I'm reminded of the Emancipation Proclamation that Abraham Lincoln signed, basically giving the slaves their freedom. Now, Jess, there were slaves who never even heard of the Emancipation Proclamation and still living and acting like slaves mm. until they did that day where they said, well, the 18th arrived. And then they realized that they didn't even have a real concept of freedom. You know, people need to understand that, um, you know, that Christ has set us free. Uh, St. Augustine said, uh, Christ has merited for us now our ability to merit. 
You see, before we could do nothing pleasing to God, before we were slaves to sin, and a slave has no uh, will of his own, he submit to the will of his master. Okay, Jesus then has broken the chains, set us free, and now that we are free men, we have a free will. We can choose. Now, some of us will choose slavery. We'll be like those uh, Israelites that said, oh, let's go back to Egypt. The leeks were good over there in the onion. All of it was so good. We missed that. But no, Christ has set us free to be free indeed. And we now have a freedom to cooperate with the goodness of God, the grace of God, and demonstrate to him that we choose to love him Amen. more than life itself, more than uh, uh, anything. This is what he's done for us. He has given us now a free choice. We are no longer slaves to sin, but now we can be slaves to righteousness by choice. We can choose to be slaves to righteousness. Amen. Preach it, brother. Yeah. Hey, we got a few minutes left. I just want to pray with the audience. Uh, name of the Father, Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to pray three times in honor of the Trinity. Just go ahead and repeat after me and from the depths of your heart. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, Jesus I, trust. I trust in you. Jesus, I trust, I trust in you. Repeat after me. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Repeat after me, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. We pray all these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's Whoa, Jess. That's a wrap, brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, be encouraged. Uh, to the faithful out there, be encouraged. If God be for us, who can be against us? Yeah, amen, brother. And uh, and just remember that life is short, eternity's forever. Uh, I was born in 1961. Who knows when I'm going to die? If I die in the year... You're old, Jess. If I die... I'm old. If I die in 2030, <laughs> in my tombstone, my grave marker, there's going to be a dash right in between. That dash, that dash will represent 60, 70, 80, 90 years. I don't know how long. And that, and that dash will be judged in the scales of God's justice. Yes. Let's remember, yes. let's remember that we all have an exit interview with Jesus. We don't want God's justice. We want his mercy. Let us live and die in friendship with God in a state of grace. All right, brother, we'll see you next time. And uh, by the way, we got some plans about bringing a youngster on the show. We'll talk about we'll talk more about it later. Once a month, we're probably gonna have a three man car here. We're gonna bring some youngsters. Okay, up next, Gary Machuda, hands on apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for us, EOW, end of watch. We are out, but we're never off duty for the Lord Jesus Christ and Our Lady. God bless you. Keep the faith.